Tonight, who says it's not easy being green? Sergio finally wins a major at the US Masters. Low flying birds. Will the hawks and swans take off in 2017? At last, the Tigers pull up their socks. Or did they just pull down their pants? Nick Kyrgios finally uses his powers for good, but will we still love him tomorrow? And the man chasing snowboard Olympic gold, Alex Chumpy Pullen, is our special guest. The show that's always primed and ready. Now to sport. It's the back page live. What a win for Australia. So much sport, so little time. They continue to speak before they think. I'll be about as relaxed as Jeff Fennick in a spelling bee. It'll cost him his job. All about the fans and what brings kids back. One of Australia's biggest rivalries. Sport doesn't stop and neither do we. Yes, hello and welcome. Ready or not, great to have a company uh, for another smorgasbord of sport with Kelly Underwood, Robert Craddock uh, and over on this side. Hello and welcome to both oh, of you for you. the Thank start. You. Thank you so much. And on my right, Ryan Fitzgerald alongside Kerry O'Keefe. Hello and welcome. All right, we won't go into what we just saw there on television. It can happen at any time. Look, uh, it's very important for us now. Who here didn't shed something of a tear when Sergio Garcia broke through for his first major, the US Masters win. This, I know, Kim, I'm looking at you. I know you're surprised. You watched. Well, I did actually watch, Tony. Uh, look, first of all, this course, it looks like a fairy tale. It actually doesn't look real. But yep. for an individual sport, the sense of camaraderie that these guys have playing at the most beautiful courses, there's so much respect. And golf is in such good hands. They've got such great ambassadors. When I watched this, I thought this is the kind of thing that you want to show your kids is a great example of sport. Yep. That at the end of the day, it's not all about winning. It was thrilling, it was dramatic, and it was just absolutely beautiful. And Crash, experts are now looking for that next great player not to have won a major, because he's broken through. Yeah, he <laughs> is. And didn't he suffer because of it? And that was the story. Yeah. The, the, the end of the suffering. Like, it was almost as if it's 17 years until we've seen him smile. Yeah. He was a tortured figure. He even said at one stage, I'm not good enough. I, I just can't win a major. I haven't got it. And we hark back to, remember in 1999 in the PGA, when he was the kid under the Bush who ran out onto the fairway. H have a look at this. Yes. You've got to see this footage to appreciate what he did yesterday. Like, this was the boy who was going to win seven majors. He didn't win that one, but he was thinking, I'm, I'm going to fill my, my career with majors, you know. He was happy and excited and smiling and everything. Crash, he, he did come runner-up there, but I'll tell you what... See, look, look at that. that. That was the boy, yeah. and, and then, he did, then he became miserable for 17 years chasing yeah. the dream. And you know what? You're not a loser, though, when you're 19 years of age and Seve Ballesteros is your wingman. You are always a winner, you know, yeah. I think, in my eyes, off the court. Yeah, absolutely. And, and at least Colin Montgomery is the real loser because <laughs> he's zero from 75. <laughs> oh. yeah. He's zero from four in marriages as well. We'll <laughs> 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 do well to get to 75 at that game, right? <laughs> but it is a but good what point. About, what about the crowd there? I mean, oh, yeah. that was one of the most amazing final day crowds. I mean, they yeah. must have been Nimbin cookies on sale. <laughs> 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 And the butler cabin at the end, that's, oh. that's you know, the grainy photos, the fake flowers. It looked like a retirement village. <laughs> Do you expect Eunice to come in? You want some biscuits? <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's so like that. It's, that's it's what I mean. It, does, so it doesn't look real. It's it's not, no. It looks like a fairy tale. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sergio so didn't think it was real halfway through that round. He stumbled a little bit, but then he came back. This thing was something special on the 15th. I love this. The, dry, the, mm. the second shot, the approach shot. I think it was an eight iron on a par five. That just makes me sick. Yes. Uh, then it goes, a little touch off the flagstick and down and he knocks it in for his first eagle and I think 452 
holes at majors. You, you know what, though? He nearly stuffed it on the 18th there with that short putt to win the tournament. You actually thought, let's not hope that this is going to happen again. So he kept his cool very, very well. There are a lot of demons leaving his body over yeah. the yeah. last period. Yeah. I love the way all his celebrations with putts were half celebrations. They were down here. You know yeah. what I mean? As in, yeah. right there. They weren't up here. They were just, yeah, look, I'll go halfway with this, you know. And, and Kelly, you mentioned it. You want to see that intense competition between two players, but coupled with that kind of beautiful competitive nature. And that's what we saw. Just some great stuff. I think it might have been that path through. They both hit beautiful shots on the path through just a little bit of that kind of stuff. It happened yeah. all the way around. And that's what I mean. For individual sport, there's just such great... I mean, the only one I can think of is probably tennis and, yep. and Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal, where they're out there for five hours just trying to bash each other up. And yep. then as soon as it finishes, they just absolutely adore each yeah, other. It was great. We, we saw last week uh, Lexi Thompson penalised four strokes after a couch-bound pedant watching telly call to say she replaced her ball incorrectly. Well, look, I had to stop our producer, Matt Parzo, from ringing into Dob Sergio <laughs> for moving the ball. Look at this. He's picking off the pine needles. It's like playing pick-up sticks. And he claims he saw the ball move. No. It didn't move, did it, The carry? needle moved. The pine <laughs> needle moved. The pine needle moved. It's, no, it's the beaver out of Caddyshack, I think. <laughs> up. I'll tell you what, not even at Augusta would they be brave enough to say, ah, oh, look, sorry, Sergio, could you just bring that jacket back, mate? I hate to say Someone's it. Someone's rung yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. No Spaniards rang in. <laughs> <laughs> in, in many respects, the, the mob who run the Masters are total dinosaurs, as Kerry pointed out. But I do love their mobile phone policy. Now, you, if you're in the crowd, don't use them, don't bring them. It makes for moments like this. Look, everybody is completely engaged in the moment, not doing some dodgy video See, to post on Instagram. I, I watch that and I feel really jealous because I want to be there in that moment with yeah. no mobile phone, but it also makes me hyperventilate. I, I, yeah. I read a couple of articles overseas where the fans said they left their phone at their hotel that morning and yeah. I mean that makes me feel uncomfortable. I reckon, I reckon Tiger Woods was hoping he had a no mobile phone policy during his <laughs> adultery yeah. stage. <laughs> it might have saved him. You know what could flatten that crowd? Two Russians walking up the 18th next year. <laughs> <laughs> in a playoff. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a different vibe, wouldn't it? Augusta National's Billy Payne is famous for many things, mostly for struggling to get his handshake timing right. Remember, this is the, the Bubba Watson. Uh, oh, 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 the nose scratches the dead give. Oh, 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 nose. Oh, yeah. Look, it didn't go perfectly oh, for him no. yesterday. Look, here he goes. Oh, hand out. Oh. Here's a lesson, kids. Don't withdraw. Keep your hand out strong and firm the entire time. I think everything's he just been be to the trough and hadn't washed his hands. Oh. Actually, he, well done to Sergio as well because he is now the owner of the ugliest jacket in the world. Yeah. Um, interesting story, Kerry, over the weekend, though. Um, this jacket here, they reckon is from the 1960s, and there was a guy that found this in an op shop in 1994, and on the weekend he sold it for $139,000. What? They don't know whose it is, but it has been confirmed that it is the uh, tailor who makes the jackets has said, yes, this has come from our store. And the bloke sold it for 140 grand. So, so a Masters winner's jacket yes. sitting in an op shop. And they don't know whose it is. Brilliant. Yeah. All right, the AFL, let's move on. Mitch, there's still plenty to do to stamp out our racism after the ugliness flared again as Adelaide played Port at the weekend. Now, here's what Gillan McLaughlin had to say today. What I want to talk to is that we are resolute, that we are going to call out uh, uh, racist behaviour because it wounds everyone. 
clearly the individuals, but our, our game and our communities. And it's not, the, it's not the country we live in, and we're going to continue to front up on this issue till we get change. That's Gillian McLaughlin today. Just give us a bit of the background, Kel. Oh, well, I guess we get sick and tired of having this conversation, don't we? And it's, uh, it was not just the one incident. I think there was a couple that both clubs have come together and they're, they're addressing. The bottom line is people are stupid and ignorant. Can we stop yep. people being stupid and ignorant? Probably not. But we have to keep having this conversation and calling people out and teach the next generation that this sort of stuff is unacceptable. I applaud the AFL for their reaction today because they've got on the front foot. They've learned from their lesson, what was it, over a year ago with Adam Goods, where they remained silent and this issue just bubbled and festered along yeah. and, and got out of control. And I still feel sick to my stomach about the exit that Adam Goods had from this game. And, uh, and they got on the front foot and they're selling that message. So this is with, of course, Ed, Eddie Betts at the weekend yeah. and somebody calling him an ape, but in social media is what happened. She's not a member of the club, so I'm not sure how that's dealt with no. in that regard. And, and can we get one thing? And, and look, I'm a massive Crows fan. Kel, you are as well. Let's not forget there was a Crows fan who I think was ejected for saying a racial slur towards Paddy, Paddy Ryder. Ryder. Yes. So it's on both ends. There was a knuckle up on the hill of Adelaide over as well. It was really disappointing, the behaviour on Saturday night. And, I've, yeah, you're right. I'm so glad that the AFL have come out and done this, but they, it, it is. We have... There's a lot of people saying, and you're right, Kel, why do you have to keep bringing this up again, this subject? Let's just yeah, push or, it aside. Or why people. give them oxygen? But, but Let's see, just ignore it. You are so it. right. The next generation have to know that this is wrong, and I really do think it's working. I don't think we're going to be having this conversation in another... 20 years, 30 years' time really? when our kids have grown. I, I really so. don't. But stupidity is a renewable resource. Oh, <laughs> that woman on the weekend made me so angry. And it's it Eddie made me fits so angry. I mean, he, I mean, you could not pick a, a, a better, more grounded... He's a superstar of the game, he, but we love him. Can I tell you about Eddie Betts? We went down and saw the Crows-Hawthorne game last week and I took my son, my seven-year-old son. He idolises Eddie Betts. After the game, Eddie pointed my son out and said, ''Come over here and get a photo.'' So there's a photo there. But my son idolised him so much to the point that on the weekend when he was playing a game of football, all he does now when he gets the ball, and you can see my son here, is he just... He gets the ball. That's not him there. He gets the ball back here. He's the one demanding the ball. But he yeah. just... He balks every oh. time he goes to go. And it's all because of Eddie. I said, yeah. mate, they're going to work you out at some stage. You know that you're going to balk every time. But that's because how that he is such a role model, Eddie Betts, yeah. and it, yeah, he doesn't deserve any of this. He is, and so beautiful as that to I, watch. I all think right. it's different to the Adam Goods thing in as far as I think it was tall poppy syndrome. Adam Goods was seen as sanctimonious. So I think this was racial abuse. I, I'm not so sure Adam Goods wasn't just because he was the villain in the eyes of the opposition and the fact that he is Indigenous. Yeah. Well, it, uh, it certainly is ugly. Let's hope we can do something to uh, put a stop to that. As I said last week, a miraculous turnaround for the Gold Coast Suns. It was always on the cards. I think <laughs> I said that last week, didn't I, Kel? They've come out uh, after getting smashed, and there's Gary Ablett doing the business. Did it a couple of times goal-wise, plenty of touches, as they toweled up the Hawks. Yeah, I mean, look, it was a great response. Their, their biggest ever win, and he's a champ, the little master, so he's responded how, I guess, the, the best way he can, which is to let his footy do the talking because he's definitely not overly comfortable in the media spotlight and talking publicly. And I think he, uh, he spoke a little bit today um, yeah, it, about his future. But obviously, you know, the, the big story last week that it, he 
effectively came out and held the club to ransom and said, I'm either retiring or I'm going you... back to Geelong because I've got family issues next yeah, year. Yeah, and you're right, Kelly. He did speak today because he'd spoken a little bit more negatively during the week, but this is what he had to have to say today. If we can work through some of the things that are, that are going on off-field, um, you know, I don't know what that looks like and, um, you know, it's not something that I want to open up about, um, you know, in this, in this type of setting, but uh, if we can work through that, I'm, you know, really enjoying myself up here. Um, as I said, you know, I think it shows on the weekend that we play a good brand of football. Um, if we can play like that every week, then we're going to be a very competitive side. Yeah, there's Gary Ablett there. And Fitzy does sound more positive. Do you think that's where we'll be seeing him I next year? find it highly unlikely if he's going to be playing for the Gold Coast next year. He, he, if he's going to play next year, it would have to be at Geelong, or else I think he will retire at the yes, end of the year. Sometimes you, you forget, like, he's nearly 33. 33-year-olds yep. go through it. Yep. You know, we, we just think, because the guy's on a million dollars, he has to be motivated to the nth degree. He's been up for a long time, mm. senior footy. What would it be, 15 years? 15 years. Like, like, mm. like John Eels in Rugby Union, you know, when his first child was born, he just said, you know what, I don't want to do it anymore. I just want to be home. And, and, you know, sometimes motivation can go like that. And blokes try and hide it and they talk the talk and everything, but just maybe the fire's and just, so the embers are no gone. no great surprise if the motivation has gone and that this year is his last. And that's why I retired after four years' time. <laughs> <laughs> it was just wearing you down, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and also because I couldn't get a bloody gun. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to get excited about uh, for Sydney fans so far this year, but plenty for Bruce McAvaney to get excited about uh, when former swan Jesse White lined up his shot for the Magpies. Well, he's been a tease. Can he become a stay in here and drive it home? He goes. It's a good-looking kick. No, he cannot. <laughs> wow. Time for a cigarette. Whoa. And yet, Jesse Watt has been booked in to breed with Maccabi. <laughs> So we're looking forward to that Kerry, poll. Kerry, <laughs> in all your years of commentary, have you ever said something and oh. similar to that and thought, oh, why did I say that? There was a moment. <laughs> there were many, but I was on with Harsha Bogle, oh, Sydney good. Cricket Ground Test, and Jason Gillespie had bowled 15 overs the day before, and he bowled the first over that morning. And Harsha Bogle, fantastic Indian commentator, said to me, Kerry, well, what do you think of Gillespie? I said, he's stiffer than a triple scotch. <laughs> and Harsha said to me, hmm, stiffer than a triple scotch. How many stiff ones do you have a night? <laughs> and five minutes later... <laughs> the producer said he couldn't cut to an ad break. <laughs> and nobody could control him. <laughs> oh, what wasn't said. Exactly. All right, it's good to ask a memorable question at a media conference. Uh, maybe not this memorable. The Perth Journal trying to help Bulldogs coach Luke Beveridge with his team selections. Would you consider bringing in Will Minson to support um, the other Ruckman, Campbell? It's going to be tough, mate. He's retired. Did you uh, know that? <laughs> Sorry. He's retired, mate. He's finished up. I just oh, wish I tried to let him down gently. I didn't wish he? that was Malthouse <laughs> or it was Rodney oh. Ean or Alistair Glasses. Because oh. he's so nice, isn't he, Luke? Yeah, Bridge. he is too nice. He's such a gentleman. He, you sort of oh. saw the twinkle in his eye and he thought, should I? No, I'll, I'll let it pass. But as a journalist, I've been oh. in that situation many a times oh. and your heart sinks. I remember asking Mark Taylor once, you know, really put it on and saying, don't you think it's 
about time we got back to the Australian tradition of batting first, we win the toss. You said, yeah, absolutely, that's what I've done it the last four times. I said, good, that's great. Follow that tradition. Keep it up. <laughs> Remember, there was a, a similar level of research from this reporter after Rafael Nadal lost to Roger Federer in Miami. And Nadal, congratulations on your win. And I would like to know how do you feel after the game and if you're ready to give it another try. I lost, by the way. <laughs> Your journalism school theme seems to be thriving. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look, now, before everybody, and you're already starting to, before you come down too hard on sports reporters, we thought we should remind you, look, it is an incredibly tough gig. So here's some of what they have to put up with in the line of duty, like sideline interviews. It's, it's perilous. Uh, it's terrible. Oh. <laughs> it can oh, happen dear. at any time. And, and it's the, the Gatorade baths. You're standing innocently oh. next door to where yeah. it's, you know, it, it, look, it's not just a one-off. Oh. Uh, <laughs> she goes with the Gatorade bar. Oh, love it. I do love the marching band uh, when you're trying to report in the middle. <laughs> she never gives up Fitzy, though, which is good. Incoming! Oh. <laughs> uh, NBA oh. champions interrupting you, which is particularly <laughs> uh, annoying. Uh, yeah, you get out of the way. He's no idea who they are. Julian, the story. He's a magnet. <laughs> Jill's not happy. Not happy at all. Twice before standing on a ladder. Uh, <laughs> sure, the cameraman might say it's a much better shot. But shot. Exactly. So, there you go. It's very difficult. Look, still with getting things not quite right. If you're going to knock up a banner for your captain's 150th game, spelling his name correctly should be encouraged. Uh, not so with North Melbourne there with Jack Zebel following the I before E, except after Z. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> Is there not a banner spell check going on? I don't know. Because oh. there's plenty of them going around. If you've got, look, this one, I think, was for uh, Brett Deledio. We can have another look here. It's <laughs> happening all over the shop where people just haven't quite got it right. There is, uh, rather than Deledio, got Delidio there. Oh. Again, oh. a guy you should know his name, I would yes. have thought. Yeah. yeah. They say that at Collingwood, Eddie Maguire used to make sure he proofread every banner. And people used to laugh at him saying, oh, mate, you don't need that. He said, they do. They've got to make sure they get it right. And do you know that it's got so competitive this year? I think a couple of clubs have hired PR agencies to actually write script them. Thinking they're nah, funny. Doesn't work. And they have been terrible. Yeah, Danny McGinley, you know what I used to do, with and this is one of the reasons why Rodney Ede used to hate my guts, but when I first, 1999, my first year at the Swans, I used to, used to play the old joke when he announced the team, I would go up to him with Tony Lockett's name at full forward and say, Rocket, you've spelt my name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the first time he thought it was funny, but after the third time, he told me to piss off. <laughs> Plug, of course, was at St Kilda. St Kilda's spelling hasn't been much better over the years either. There's another banner here. This is, I would have thought, quite simply, uh, and win to niggit. To it, T-O-N-I-H-G-T. Is the last oh, line is E, you need to worry about. And the Bombers as well. I love this as the Bombrays. It's, it's <laughs> There's some mean Bombrays out there. Some mean Bombrays. They're Mexican sisters. <laughs> <laughs> across codes, across countries in sport, concussion is a huge issue. Now, sometimes the people who are getting their scones rattled seem the least concerned, unlike their loved ones. Now, what about the picture Liam Pickens' wife? 
wife posted of their little boy. There he is crying after seeing his dad knocked out and struggling on the footy field, Kel. It was a, it was a big hit uh, for, on Lee and Picken. And did you like that reaction? It was. Oh, well, I mean, that's just the human side, isn't it? I mean, you imagine yourself, if you're five or six, that's Malachi, uh, Lee and Picken's son, uh, watching this happen to your dad and he's across the other side of Australia. This is yep. played in Perth. I mean, it would be terrifying for a little kid to see something like that happen to your dad. So... Of course you'd be upset, and it's just the human side of footy, really. Yeah. You saw uh, another photograph that you liked in terms of the human side Yeah, of footy. you're talking about footy and family, yeah. and um, Jack Silvani, everyone knows the Silvani name, with um, Carlton, obviously. His dad, uh, Stephen, played, and his grandfather, Serge. But, Fitzy, he made his debut in June last year with oh, so right. much hype, and he got his first win on the weekend in the rain at the MCG on Sunday. Isn't that just a brilliant photo? It's an amazing... And uh, Carlton, well, 11 games he went without a win, Kerry, and there was five uh, debutants who played for Carlton in their first win on the weekend, so they had to ring Gatorade and order in 400 litres <laughs> just to pour on the boys after the game because there were so many lads who had made well their Well done debut. to Michael Wilson it was with that photo. Beautiful. Yeah, it was. Tony and I we don't know what a win is. <laughs> <laughs> not yet, not for a while. No. It'll come. All right, then, let's move on. Good news for Australia, Queensland and the Cowboys with Jonathan Thurston's calf injury. Not as bad as first thought. He'll miss a, a couple of weeks uh, at least, but maybe the, maybe the calf and the crash, I want to see, you see this. Maybe it comes at the right mm. time. There it is, the injury. But look at the face of this man. Look, he's shattered because he gives everything, yeah. every tackle, yeah. every run, every game, no matter what the circumstances. But that is a man, to me, who is tired. Yeah, look, it's a fair question. You know, and I'm wondering whether this break might be just perfect for him. Two or three weeks off, entering the origin. But he's hard to weigh up. I remember in his early days at the Cowboys, Kerry, mm. uh, if they sensed JT had a big night when he was just a boy, they'd say, actually, we're doing road runs this morning, boys. See how you like that, JT? And he'd finish sort of second. Like, you couldn't exhaust him. Mm. Set him any challenge. I don't know if there was an old creator like that, but, but just, you know, you couldn't find the bottom of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, lots of trainers got frustrated with my era because I remember once in uh, New South Wales we did a pre-season training regime and at Centennial Park one Sunday morning, George Daldry, the noted fitness conditioner, turned up and said, righto, boys, there was 20 of us. I want you to warm up before the 10k run, and Doug Waters lit a cigarette. <laughs> 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 I, and George said, I said, warm up. He said, I am. <laughs> oh, dear. You're a big league fan. What do you make of, of JT? Thurston? Well, uh, North Queensland Cowboys play St George Dragons this uh, weekend. It, it's like. Uh, playing Scotland in Braveheart without Mel Gibson. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) Just on the super elite in the NRL and the rugby league players, like your Cameron Smiths, your Cooper Cronks, Greg Inglis, these guys are representing um, their states, Mm. but then they're Mm. representing Australia. Mm. Then it's the home and away season and finals. And then, you know, you've got the Indigenous games and all Mm. this as well. It's way too much, Crash. It is. I mean, this... Oh, it is. Yeah. Jonathan Thurston won't be able to walk when he's 50 years of age. I know. And, and targeted every game. And, I mean, it's the single most underestimated quality about him. And his old coach, Neil Henry, used to say it. He said, yes, we talk about Thurston, silky this, silky that. By far, his biggest quality, he's the toughest player oh, I've yep. ever seen. He gets ragdolled every game they come at him. And, and a total non-winger, too. Yep. Just, he is just an amazing, it. amazing footballer. All right. Look, if the Suns went over, Hawthorne was a shock. What about the West Tigers? 
Ivan Cleary walked in as the new coach, dragged his battered troops up to North Queensland, and they won. They beat the Cowboys' crash. It's remarkable, isn't it? <laughs> it was the, the shock of the millennium, wasn't it? I mean, for goodness sakes, who'd have picked it? But do you know what, Ivan Cleary, what can you do at two or three days? Nothing, except this. He's a very cool, calm bloke, and when madness reigns in a, in a club like the West Tigers, which is totally at war with itself, just a cool head saying, guys, go out and make the guy beside you proud. Make him the guy you want to play with. Sometimes the simplest recipes just get through. It's so simple. Elijah Taylor, I loved his quote about it. He, he said, Ivan came in and clearly said that he doesn't want to change much. He did nothing. That's genius. I want a yeah. job where I just go in and do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and be described as a genius. It, yeah. It's absolutely amazing, isn't it? Because there is so much, like... as you mentioned, so much turmoil at the Tigers. So today was quite interesting because former Tigers hooker and, of course, now South recruit Robbie Farrer, he was asked about that continuing drama at the Tigers today. Here's what he had to say. Wasn't it supposed to get fixed when I left? So, yeah, like I said, the perception was that, um, that I was to blame. But, um, yeah, I'm gone now, so they can't blame me. What do you think of that, Kel? Uh, oh, look, that's not overly helpful. It's just throwing more fuel on the fire, isn't it? It's a big fire that's raging at the moment. To me, it lacks a bit of class and it's, Kerry, a bit of a snide yeah. comment, really, isn't it? Uh, it's a chip on the shoulder snide yep. comment. Yeah, I, I, it doesn't do him any favours, does it, Robbie no. Farrer? It's all done. Hey, he kind of was treated harshly, though, so I don't know. Any kind of chance to get a dig back on you, Robbie? I don't want to be a curmudgeonly old fogey, uh, but is anyone else sick of the drums being played every time the Warriors have the ball at home? Listen to this. Okay, now It's like the Fubuzellas at the World Cup in South Africa. Yeah, it's yeah. very annoying. It's very annoying. And no one remembers a drummer. God, that's, <laughs> they're the last person in the band that you remember. <laughs> Ringo who? Sadly, yeah. <laughs> they're all drummers in the band. Somebody's got to be memorable. All right, what's better, a spot in the top four or a good club culture? The Panthers were beaten by a point with uh, their captain, Matt Moylan, of course, and two other players dropped to New South Wales Cup for having a drink and missing a curfew. Now, look, part of me says that that decision by Anthony Griffin is right independent of this result. Another part of me says if I'm a Panthers fan and I miss out on the eight or the four by one point, they probably would have win that, win that game with Matt Moylan. Yeah, but they're struggling. And, and I get the picture. Penrith have been struggling for years. They go up and down. They tease. They never quite deliver. And his captain broke it. I mean, you know, at an early stage of the season, he's copped heaps and will continue to understand players aren't happy and he risks alienating the whole playing ranks. But at some point, you've got to stand up to guys. You know, this is how winning cultures start, by making tough decisions like this. It'll cost him. You know, it, it really will. No question about it. But your captain, if your captain's not on board, you've got nothing. Mm. If your captain breaks a rule and there's no punishment, what sort of message does that send? And we know fines, what, I mean, you know, what do fines really do to a lot of these players that are earning a lot of money? I read that column, boys will be boys. So at what point do you put the full stop and stop that excuse? Ah, it's just boys being boys. Sure, 10.30 doesn't seem late. But if you want a strong, disciplined team, rules are rules. Yeah. It was 10.30am in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Which was bloody hard. <laughs> <laughs> we had some files. <laughs>
Dougie yeah. Walton. This is now this is perhaps an awkward segue. The lesson, uh, of course, there is the time and a place to have a celebratory drink. Like at your awards night. Um, how well did that go for Australian cricketer Stephen O'Keefe? Ugly behaviour after the Steve Waugh medal function. Kerry, your boy. A paternity test will set me free. <laughs> <laughs> but look, two things I know about Steve. He's a terrific bloke. Yep. Uh, this was a poor incident. Uh, and, and there is ongoing victims, there's damage. But the thing is, uh, professional athletes like Steve O'Keefe need help. Um, he needs structure to his life. You know, at, at, he's in a four-month off-season. There's no reason to get out of bed. I just think Cricket New South Wales, Cricket Australia should, say, should get their heads together with him and say, do four days a week in the real world. Get out of the bubble. Have a reason to get up. And I think, it, you know, he'll, he'll warm to that. He'll, you I know, because it, he, he's that sort of bloke. I mean, you say no reason to get out of bed over that four months. He's just come off one of the best test games that he's had in India. I mean, if that doesn't motivate you to keep your position in the side, and I think everyone makes mistakes, don't they? Everyone Definitely. has an incident dealing with alcohol. But if he was 22, maybe, he's 32. He's been around for a long time. And Kelly, that, that's the problem. I, I think Stephen sees he may have played his last test even before this night because he's looked... Nathan Lyon will be the starting spinner next summer. We may not go to Bangladesh. By the time we go to England, he'll be 34, 35. They'll be looking elsewhere. I think Sock sees the fact that Pune may be his finest ever moment as a test cricketer. Yeah. And, and that you've got to deal with that. You know, there is a... There is a hangover from that. Is it a personal, um, like, is it a personal problem, or do you think teammates should have got involved on the night and pulled him aside and chucked him into a cab or got him on? I think attempts were made, Fitz, but yep. there was—I don't think it was a headlock applied. No. And I think in that, in the circumstances, Steve found himself in. Perhaps a headlock was the best way of dealing with it. Mm. Um, the damage you know, deep, he, KJ. He's remorseful. Yeah. Um, he'll move on. He'll be stronger for it. I'm backing him to come out of this. It, it, All right, OK. Mm. Uh, it was a huge finance night. He misses the Matador Cup, which you probably won't care about too much. <laughs> right? This show's <laughs> job is to celebrate the brilliant and celebrate even harder when things go wrong. Like this pitch from St Louis Cardinal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just, you're getting paid a lot of money for that sunshine. Uh, what are you doing? The thing is... It, it happens quite regularly. That's not the worst one we've seen. And this one is probably worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so silly of Steve Harmison to have a crack. <laughs> Steve Harmison, is he still alive? <laughs> you don't have to be in the major leagues to have a world-class blooper, though. Uh, this is terrific as well, just stealing this base. And, oh, oh, yes, oh. the old face paint. Look, she, oh. she really hard. Because look, hand on there, and the ball arrives about three minutes later. There she is. Oh, faceful of death. That, that slide just sums up my whole football career. <laughs> <laughs> right there in one shot. Coming up, snowboard champ Alex Chumpy Pullen joins us. A world first as the A League uses a video assistant referee and a nervous wait for Force and Rebels fans as the future of their teams hangs in the balance. My man gives real love, and that's why. Three match points here. Australia through to the semi-finals. 
It's a defining weekend, I think, this one for Nick Kyrgios. It's a big change in direction of where his career can go. And obviously a lot of emotions, you know, as close to the finish line, and um, you guys were great again today. Because his mama caught him there. Yes, Nick Kyrgios continues his journey down the road to Damascus, embraced by the crowd as he helped the Never Aussies doubted him, Tone. Never doubted him. <laughs> Never doubted him. You and I have been his biggest supporters for some time. Obviously. He deserves a stand. Kyrgios. Kyrgios. He needs to be playing a team sport. He loves that team environment. I've noticed a significant shift in him in the last six weeks, Tony, from that Miami semi-final loss to Federer all the way through to Davis Cup. I think he's slowly, it sounds a bit cliched, but going from the boy developing into a man, and you just look at it, the body language. He always had the shoulders stooped. Yep. He could never make eye contact with people that were interviewing him. Um, he would wear the skins top under the polo shirt because he wasn't overly confident he had, you know, in his body as such. Suddenly the shoulders are back, the chest is puffed up, puffed out rather. Yeah. And, and I mean, he's posting pictures of himself wearing just the skins top on social media. And Leighton Hewitt has like to this, be. Like this, and look, yeah. he looks okay. So well, Leighton, but Leighton Hewitt has to be a, a major role Absolutely. in that. And but he's, he's, he's in the gym, he's yeah. confident, and you're right, the mentorship from Leighton Hewitt he's is giving him that confidence. Patient. Leighton's been so patient with Nick, and it's really rubbing off now. It's so awesome. as he grabbed your heart yet, Kel, do you find yourself cheering for him? When you're sitting on the couch at home, just you alone, you see him on the box, do you say, go, go. Nick, or you're looking there dispassionately thinking, I'm not sure. I'm cheering. Yes. I'm really? Cheering. Yep. <laughs> Welcome to the dark side. He's only 21. You know, the top four fear him. I, I yeah. think he's the bet of the year at Wimbledon yep. at $15. Bet responsibly. <laughs> 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 the great thing is also gone now further to prove he's a man of the people is actually selling his car through the humble old social media, which I look, little beamer there. Uh, it's his first car. Car he's had from the time he you know, first got his licence, had it for years. So he cares about it, wants to sell it personally. Very similar. It reminds me of when I put my old HQ uh, Kingswood station wagon up on the notice board at my local Franklin's. <laughs> Very similar to a BMW putting it up on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> my first car. I love some of the comments. Some of the too. comments. Oh, they got? Uh, some bloke offered him six grand. He said, mm. you can have my petrol cap. <laughs> <laughs> and the first caller said, what about the tank? He said, which time? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Very good. It's a tennis game. <laughs> 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 Same with the Davis Cup, but other teams. How about this shot from Nicolas Mahout playing for France against Great Britain? It's just ridiculous. Uh, it's a great rally, but he chases down. Look, over the top. You can see from this angle he gets the ball back, but I think the bang, they still lose a point. But it's this other angle that shows you uh, over he goes. So he's now playing on a different surface. Now he's on hard court. Oh! oh. <laughs> Back onto the clay. I've watched, yeah, I've watched Nicholas Mahout for years. All, all his best tennis is played on the outside. <laughs> 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 all right. It's official. The Super 18s are to become the Super 15s with one Aussie rugby team to disappear. Now, the ARU seems set to confirm that will be Western Force, despite threats of legal uh, action from the Perth franchise. It's, uh, it's all about numbers, obviously, and and cash flow, but veteran force skipper Matt Hodgson gave us the human perspective. Yeah, being a parent myself, um, 
you don't know where to put your kid now. Like, do I put him in rugby or do I put him in to, to stay in Western Australia playing AFL? So it's frustrating. I've done four press conferences this week and I've had one rugby question, and that's annoying. Um, um, for kids to turn up here, it's great, but now they don't know if Western Force is going to be their future. Terrific veteran player there, and that tells the story better than anything, Crash. Yeah, and don't underestimate the power of emotion in this debate. I mean, he's a foundation player at the force. He will live in Perth when the force is gone, yep. if they are gone. I mean, that's they're back in the frame, and, and look, they're still most likely to go, but I think tomorrow Bill Pulver, the boss of the ARU, is meeting with Andrew Cox, the owner of the Melbourne Rebels, and it may be as simple as, you know, if he can find a way of buying them out it may be easier than kicking out the force who, you know, bring this lovely time slot into play TV, yep. in, in Perth and also it's part of the ARU. They own them. So it's getting very complex. But that plea there yep. may be the most significant thing he does in rugby, honestly, if it, if it hits the spot and a lot of people are talking about it. But just great to see, just watch some terrific rugby. There were some great tries. Look at this. Oh, this is an amazing offload. This is what rugby is about when it's played. Look at that. Whoa. Oh, wow. That is astonishing. Rugby had a great weekend on the field and it's all been swept away through the debate over the culling of teams, Kerry. And that's the thing. One of the reasons the Western Force began in Perth was because of the the heavy number of expatriate South Africans that lived there. I mean, they should have awarded the franchise to St Ives. (laughs) 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 It's been been a stellar season for Sydney FC, so why wouldn't they be the first to make use of the video assistant referee? Now, this is the first anywhere in the world. They'd used it in an international friendly, but in actual competition. So there they go up. uh, You can see the Sydney FC players appealing. Play goes on. And it comes back when they got your word in the ear, yes, indeed, there may have been a handball in there. And it worked, and it got the right decision, and it was efficient, but I still don't like it. I mean, soccer was a game that moved along beautifully, and, and it just didn't need it. And, and everyone's cheering for it at the moment, Kellen, saying, oh, what a great I- innovation we caught up with the Times. Give them a year and see what they say. I just can't see how it really enhances the game that so much. So is it true the NRL's got the bunker and this is called the cave? <laughs> the cave. <laughs> yeah, it's not I don't think it is actually oh, called the cave. I'm so over referrals now. Yeah. I just Let's go with 90% right from referees umpires. Yeah. It's been that forever. You know, they're trying to get to 95 yeah, well, to 99%. Well, can we go with human mm-hmm. error occasionally? Yeah. 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 I'm so, and the game, momentum is held up in cricket while players stare at a screen for four minutes. Couldn't agree well, more. I, Let's I, move the games on. Yeah. It's, it's entertainment. I go back and to referrals on this show every week and try to find something funny that I say. And it's <laughs> yeah. Not even the... <laughs> don't, yeah. don't go to the video. <laughs> Apologies, right. that was a Sydney joke yeah. about <laughs> Thanks for not laughing. Unless you're Burnley's Charlie Adam at the weekend, this is a terrific effort. You just got to kick the ball, Charlie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now he's got to... That's too late, fella. You can't go back and have it up, have overs. No, all done. Look up. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I can't believe it. Well done, fellas. Basically, that's just an excuse 
for another look at, at this one, which is even worse. You've got one job. The peril of the corner kick. Remember when Geelong's Gary Hocking uh, changed his name to Whiskers? Well, this is worse. Uh, a Brazilian club sponsored by a local supermarket are using their numbers to advertise products. Yeah, look, so they've got the number 10 advertising pizza for 10 98 on the bottom there. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. and the number five shampoo costs... Five ninety-eight. No. Yes. <laughs> Shampoo of the top. I'm deadly serious. And the coach at half time looks at the back. Price check rhubarb on four. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, he's back. Finally, <laughs> he's back. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> he's back. <laughs> hey, wasn't this a nice no, job? No, no, <laughs> <laughs> You've redeemed yourself. <laughs> Have a look at this. This is the keepy uppy skills of the Slovenia <laughs> national uh, footy team. It's great thing because there's nothing breaks their concentration as it goes around. You know, off the head, little kick there. Whoop, over the back. Oh, except the sprinklers, which yes. leads us to this week's top five favourite sprinkler moments. Brilliant. And number five, the, the mid-game sprinklers are terrific. Because oh. they, they just give players a chance to to cool off, uh, get themselves oh. right. Uh, Is that Don McKinnon? <laughs> <laughs> number four, holding on the banner. One. Look, that was meant to be an easy job, obviously, uh, holding the banner, but no, just stay there. Look at this other guy uh, on the other side. Oh, good <laughs> answer. Look, he asks, are you wet? Uh, yes, I'm wet. <laughs> At number three, uh, no water here. Uh, but for Ricky, felt just the sprinkler head causing oh. the grief. In it goes. It looks like he's got it in the hole, but it's the, yeah, there's the sprinkler <laughs> head. Blame that. Beautiful work, Ricky. Uh, and number two. The sideline report, uh, this is our friends at TV New Zealand, it's got to go on in the hole. <laughs> Keep going around again, she's got rid of the glasses, but the water's <laughs> 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 uh, The aptly named Waterloo Favourite sprinkler moments coming up. A two-time world champion, Aussie snowboarding legend Alex Jumpy Pullen joins us right here in the studio. Now, as odd as it once may have seemed, Australians are superstars on the snow and part of a brilliant winter sport year is one of our biggest stars. Two-time world snowboard cross champion and the flag bearer for the last Winter Olympic Games, Alex Pullen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, guys. Look, there's a question I, I just need to ask you right off the bat. As somebody who does concentrate uh, on winter sport, as we see, when was your last summer? <laughs> yeah, about 13 years old, my, my last full summer. I've been travelling overseas, chasing winters since I was 14, so... I miss them. You, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you'd be, you're in Sydney now, you'd be boiling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I struggle. I get home, I'm cranking the air con, and my girlfriend's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, it's cooking back here. Don't you like surfing as well? Are you a surfer? Yeah. So how often do you get out and... The surf was pumping today. So you've been out today? <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Um, 
But well, yeah, as we get you in, in champion, sorry, I just wanted to have a chat to you. I know, I know, I had to cut my session short. <laughs> there was some great vision there, and we have some of you wilder rides as well. As someone who exclusively snow ploughs, uh, it seems like this is something that's right out there on the edge. How far do you have to push to be as successful as you are? Oh, it's, it's quite a long journey. Um, but for me, I mean, I, I grew up in the high country and there's, you know, quite a good community um, in Victoria, New South Wales, all around our surrounding um, resorts. And, you know, that's where it really started for me. Uh, to get the whole way to a professional tour, it, it does. It takes a long time. In early stages, it takes a lot of travel, um, which, is, which is probably the hardest part. You know, we have to travel so far, so therefore, financially, that's, that's pretty tough. But what about pushing yourself physically during the actual event in terms of getting to the edge of what is completely stupid? <laughs> yeah. There's all, I always describe it, there's two different kinds of nerves which I wake up with, you know, on most mornings of a competition. And uh, that'd be nerves for, you know, my expectations. I want the day to obviously unfold with a good result. And then there's just my physical well-being. Yes. <laughs> sometimes it's pretty scary. But, uh, but that's also the part that, you know, I guess helps me rise to that level which I enjoy being at so much. Um, you know, it's not just another normal day of snowboarding. You really, you know, you, you turn everything on and you enter into the zone where you kind of call on all your skills all at one time and, and if it all unfolds well, it's just such a rush. What about the, the rough early days? I mean, there's no academy for snowboarders in Australia. Was it true that you used to turn up with your board and sleep anywhere? Is that right? Yeah, early days. Yeah, when I was really young. And, and you know, it sort of... I probably made a, a pretty... Well, made for a pretty strong snowboard community uh, in Australia and I was sort of networking with older guys to get you know, get on board their trips and be able to travel around. Um, Where's the most unusual place you slept? Under a pool table. <laughs> Probably because I was a bit nervous of what might happen through the night. So. Chubby, I do like your skills, though, here. Uh, building a fridge out of ice. What happened? There? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got so snowed in. Um, that was actually one of the earlier trips. Um, Damon Haler, who I, I learned a lot, lot off early, early stages, and... Um, I was pretty happy to show him that, actually. I was really proud. He was like, dude, come in, check my room, look what I've done, we've got a fridge now. Um, yeah, things like that. I mean, snowboarding's at a very professional level these days, much like everything else. Um, you know, it's, it's very cutthroat at that top level and it's hard to stay on that professional tour, but I don't think uh, we're ever going to lose the ability to enjoy ourselves while doing what we do. And that's, you know, that's something that I love about what I do, is that it is a lot of fun and it's, um, yeah... It's, it's something I can't wait to see more of. You so know. you mentioned the high country. You grew up in Mansfield, which is a population of about three or 4,000, but has produced so many Australian champions in very different sports. I think Simon Gerrans, Josh Fraser, the former AFL player, uh, Catherine Skinner won gold in the shooting yeah. last year. What's in the water at Mansfield? And <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How did Ever you, I guess, you know, pick River, this River, I guess. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Um, you left him out, Kel. Yeah. <laughs> I, I grew up next to the guy that did all the stunt riding for that movie, so maybe that had something to do with it. No, it, it's, it's awesome. There's actually, you know, more coming through um, as we go on too. Um, really cool to see a young chick from Mansfield, uh, Hayley, who's, who's doing really well in skateboarding. So I, I think, I don't know, I'm such a fan of small communities. Um, you know, when you're growing up, you, you want more excitement and everything and you're kind of, you know, inspired to, to, to try and get out into the world. But um, growing up in that environment, you know, you could ride your, your bike down to the park and leave it next to a tree and, you know, it was just easy going, everyone knew each other, as was, was good network. Uh, and initially for me, really good support for my snowboard career came from that town and, and uh, yeah, it's a great place. Alex, are you still involved? You have, you've got a reggae band, Love Charlie? 
Bumped yeah. into a few of your records last night. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. What's your review? Did you very partial good. to a bit of reggae? Uh, I, am, I am, as nice. a matter of fact. Uh, I, I liked uh, Deep or Shallow and yeah, Nine yeah. Lives. Did you write them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we... we um, very, together you vocalise on them? Yep, yep. Oh. Um, vocals and guitar. Um, my sister... Very good, mate. ...in that yes. band plays I, lo bass I love your sing. album. Yeah, well, thanks. <laughs> awesome. Have you had I'll a 60, 70 year old next <laughs> Now, we've had a discussion before you came on the show tonight about your nickname, Chumpy. <laughs> and, look, there was a, an old ad uh, for dog food called Chum. Yeah. So, Chumpy, you can carve it. And we were thinking <laughs> that's the obvious choice with you carving up the snow so much. I but like we, it. We, we heard that's not where your nickname originated from. No. But let's run with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great story. Yeah. Where, was, where did Chumpy come from? Is it, a, is it a basic story or...? No, not really. I mean, you know, it was probably part of that small country community. Everyone had a handle. I don't remember anyone at my school that went by their name. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. actually don't even know if I could remember. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you know, teachers, everything, it just started. I think that snowboard community, of course, would adopt something like that, and then, um, and then of course, the media on the end of that, you know. Yeah. All right, Alex, this is the final question I have to ask you. We might look at some vision. I think you might be in using Sochi with your GoPro, which is oh, great. Yeah. Speaking of Olympics, so it's, we're, what are we, 12 months out? The Aussies are doing really well. What are you looking forward to? Yeah, the whole team's doing really well. It's, it's a really exciting time um, across all the disciplines. Uh, Britt Cox in Moguls, Scotty James uh, had half a stellar pipe. one in Halfpipe, yeah. Uh, Danny Scott and all, all the um, the crew in, in aerial skiing again. Lydia Larsela's flying. Yeah, she's yeah, doing she's really back. well. Danny Scott, um, you know, some new faces on, on the scene as well. So that's that's awesome to see. And then especially in the border cross, um, something I'm, you know, pretty happy to say and, and pretty stoked to be a part of is that on the border cross tour now, you'll you'll sum up uh, Italy, the, the uh, Canadian team, US team, uh, Austrian team, and you'll put now Australia in that same group right. as is... calibre of riders that are actually making that top level. That's brilliant. And that's pretty special. And right. you're up there. We wish you all the best. What a great pleasure to have you on the show to have a chat. Yeah, thanks so much. Pleasure yeah. to be Alex here. Alex and coming up, our champ of the week. Yes, the Super Rugby competition may be struggling, but the, the Sevens is just going gangbusters. This is Hong Kong at the weekend, just drawing some of the world leaders and former world leaders there, Kel. So that's uh, not Donald Trump? It's not Donald Trump, no. <laughs> well, it is. It's, it's of course it is. And uh, yes. the king. Is that Kim Jong-un? Yeah, it is. That was yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. I'm not sure he's, he's on the right side of the wall or not. I'm not sure. Who's handy at golf himself, Tony? Yeah. He certainly yeah. played 30 holes and had 18 holes in one. <laughs> no one can confirm. <laughs> from hell. From I can't believe something dodgy happened in UFC file comes this. Light heavyweight champ uh, Daniel uh, Cornier. Look, he fails his first weigh-in. He miraculously loses half a kilogram uh, after he takes his underpants off. And look, and that's... He comes in. Look at the way he's pushing down on the towel. On the towel. Has to leave half a kilo. Look, they're looking down at this guy. Not looking at me. Nothing to see here. Oh, yeah! I'm in, baby! You can't do that! He lost half a kilo in 90 seconds. Eat your heart out, Jenny Christ. It actually looked like he was weighing something else then. Champ of the week. It won't be you, Fitz. Brought to you by... Kumo Tire. <laughs>
How could we not go with the people's champion, Winks? Oh. Thrilled more than 26,000 people at Randwick. Millions around the country. Her 17th successive win this time in the Queen Elizabeth Stakes. Look at that. Oh. Did it easy, as she has done every time she graces that racetrack. She's beautiful. Special mention, of course, to jockey Hugh Bowman. He just continues to get it right. Well done to our chap. Well done to you. Thank you for your time and thank yeah. you for yours. We'll see you next week. This has been a Fox League production.